millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode with Ivory Sandino is inspiring and disturbing. It's part of a series funded by Solutions Journalism Network. We first aired it at the end of last year, just before the start of the COVID pandemic. In some ways, it resonates even more now. This episode is about civic tech for the public good. Yeah, you know, we hear so much about the downsides of technology, issues about privacy and and weird influences on public opinions and driving polarization. But there's so much positive around the capabilities of the technology that we carry around with us every day. We're going to talk about that today. Radical Health for Pregnant Women, Ivalee Sandino. When we look at, you know, the rates of asthma, three out of four kids in the South Bronx have asthma. Zip codes are unjustly and unfairly resourced and supported. The South Bronx really is looked at as ground zero for for respiratory illnesses. Our show is about fixes. Yeah, how to make the world a better place. How, how do, do we, we fix, fix it? it? How do we fix it? You know, healthcare is going to be front and center throughout the 2020 election campaign, a big issue. That's the national debate, but in this episode, we look at something different, something closer to home the quality of healthcare and the rights of consumers. And we're going to look closely at an effort to use artificial intelligence along with old fashioned neighborhood workshops to improve healthcare for women in the South Bronx of New York, which, for those who don't know, is the poorest congressional district in the country. And this group we're going to look at, Radical Health, tackles injustice. Ivelisse Andino is a community organizer and the CEO of Radical Health. She has a background in healthcare and digital technology, but also a personal connection to the field. She suffered from asthma growing up in the Bronx, and she knows firsthand some of the kinds of problems Radical Health is trying to solve. Richard, you did this one on your own. I wasn't able to join you for this interview, but I found it really fascinating to catch up with it. So let's get right into it. If you've experienced any kind of injustice, that really is what sparks your fight for justice. And so for me, it was growing up in the Bronx, witnessing firsthand what it means to have a zip code determine your health, how long you live, um, but then also witnessing the incredible power of community organizers and how brilliant and wonderfully communities come together to 
really weather the storms um, that come their way. And and so I personally had experiences with my mom being really sick, trying to navigate a healthcare system that wasn't really just or equitable. Um, and I wanted to create something that would make this a different experience, would make that whole health experience different for other people. You said something provocative, which is that your zip code can have a big impact on your health and actually on how long you live. What do you mean? Yeah. So in the South Bronx, um, for example, where uh, it's been the poorest congressional district in the United States, you live on average about five years less than our peers who live on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Um, and when we look at you know the rates of asthma, three out of four kids in the South Bronx have asthma. Zip codes are unjustly and unfairly resourced and supported. The South Bronx really is looked at as ground zero for for respiratory illnesses. We have the highest rates of absenteeism in school for young children due to respiratory illnesses. You know, those are families, those are parents that have to take off of days from work to make sure that their child is well. Those are siblings that might not be getting the support with their homework that they need um, as those parents are doing that. So for me, I grew up with asthma. My son also has asthma. He's been hospitalized every year since he's been born. But what we've been able to do is talk with our friends. You know, what are, what are you doing? Who's the best pulmonologist to see? What other things should we be doing? How do we organize to make sure that we don't have trucks coming down our block, which is a residential block, and we should not be having commercial truck traffic coming down be- there? Because of the very high air pollution that comes, especially from diesel engines. Exactly. It's so hard to imagine, for me as a parent, what it would be like to not only raise a child who is suffering, because asthma brings a lot of pain, mm-hmm. um, but also doesn't have access to health care and also is bewildered, perhaps, by not knowing who to turn to, to ask who's the best specialist to deal with this problem. Right. So what Radical Health does, I mean, we are creating and looking at health equity in these most marginalized communities. And we do that through both meaningful conversations, this in-person talking with one another. You tell me what you're doing. I'll tell you what I'm doing. Um, And then we added in a layer of technology and an app that helps people know their rights. So we talk a lot about translation services. So if I don't speak English and my son is having an asthma attack and I go into the hospital and I try to explain, you know, what's going on, it's going to be really difficult for me to do that, you know, in, in English if it's not my primary language. But legally, you have a right to a translation, a translation services. And I assume a lot of people don't know that. They do not. They do not. And so that is a piece of like, one, like that is your legal right, um, you know, according to the ADA. So the ADA is, is the Americans with Disabilities Act. Correct. And so across the U.S., in any emergency room you visit and with your provider, you have the absolute right to access translation services. Just being able to communicate and, and understand what people are saying uh, makes a big difference. What else would you do for that parent? 
we give the questions as they're going through that journey. They may be encountering a resident and and might want to speak to an attending. We always recommend that you should. So a resident is say a, a junior doctor, and the attending physician is 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 someone who perhaps is more qualified. Correct, and it's and you know I think it's especially in teaching hospitals. Um, going back to the zip code thing, we have a saturation of teaching hospitals. Um, we know that there's some like segregation or stratification of care where folks who are on Medicaid or uninsured are more likely to be seen by students or residents than they do if they had private insurance. But I think sometimes it's important that you speak with someone who's seen these types of cases, who specialize in a certain area. Um, so in that, you know, with that case, we might ask someone to speak to the attending, get to know their name, understand what's happening, and have a conversation if it, if it warrants that. One of the important things that I think we really focus in on is knowing your body and, and trusting yourself. And so what we see are times where people go in um, to the emergency room, they have an inkling that something might be wrong. Or if we're talking about kids with asthma, we know that something is off and we might want to run another test. Or we might want to investigate something further. Um, we focus on a few specific areas, um, but largely working with either hospitals or government or nonprofits um, to create these spaces where we can talk about health in a very general sense. Or separately, um, folks then might enroll or engage with our app. Right now, our app um, is available for pregnant women of color uh, who are navigating pregnancy and then, you know, pediatrics or child health. Um, and through that app, you can download it and it walks you through, you know, you can ask questions and we'll give you questions to ask. Why target pregnant women of color? What's the special need yes. for them? So today in New York City and across the U.S., black women die eight to one compared to white women during uh, childbirth and or after pregnancy. And the rates of, of it's called maternal mortality and morbidity, I mean, really rival some, you know, second, third world countries. Um, and in fact, you know, the U.S. is uh, ranked as one of the most dangerous countries in the world to give birth if you are a black or brown woman. Tell me why you changed professions and, and started working on radical health after you'd been a consultant and, and working inside the healthcare system. Yes. So, uh, when I was a little girl, I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be an emergency room doctor. I thought that was the best job ever. I loved science, loved healthcare. Um, I then, you know, grew up a bit and realized maybe that wasn't in the cards for me um, and started my career in healthcare. And so I worked for large biopharmaceutical companies. Um, and so my job was once a drug got uh, pretty much approved through the FDA, I would work with the pharmaceutical companies and then would train physicians and researchers on these drugs so that they knew, you know, what they did, how they worked. Um, and then those top physicians and top researchers would go on and train others, uh, other doctors and other researchers, so that they would know how the drug worked and then begin prescribing it. As a young, I'm an Afro-Latina woman from the Bronx, like that was my dream job. I got to, wasn't necessarily a doctor, but I actually got to teach doctors new things. Um, and it was an incredible experience. And so I worked on the top cancer drugs in the country, the top three. But in that, my mom was diagnosed with cancer. So during, while you were doing this job, you found out your mom. Exactly. Had she had cancer. 
And it didn't matter who I knew. It didn't matter how much money I made or how much money I could throw at this problem. When I went to go see my mom, we didn't see her attending. I don't think I ever met her attending or even spoke to her attending for more than five minutes. And we were really stuck in a system that was not easy to navigate. And I think in many ways failed her because of who she was and where we were located. Do you think that medical services in the Bronx are greatly inferior to what people would get, say, well, you've, you've used the Upper East Side, which is a mostly white and very affluent neighborhood in New York City? Yeah, you know, I, I want to be careful because I think that, you know, there are incredible providers who show up and really want to do a good job and do. Um, I think, though, that there is, you know, a larger system at play that creates this inferiority. Um, so when we look at just, you know, face-to-face time with providers, someone who's on private insurance, let's say in the Upper East Side, they have about double the amount of face-to-face time with a provider than someone who is on Medicaid in the Bronx. It's like yeah. fast food for medicine. I mean, essentially what we have created in, in healthcare. And, and I think we see this again, you know, the stark contrast is we have like a McDonald's for healthcare. You kind of, you're in, you're out, here are all the things you need or we think you need and, and have at it. So what do you do in your workshops to help people navigate this system? So in our workshops, we just create space to talk. What do people take away that perhaps they wouldn't if you didn't have these workshops? So one, they know exactly what their metrics are in defining health. Um, So they know for themselves and they know as a collective community what they want. Um, They also then are connecting with one another. So it's no longer just, I need a little bit more time with my doctor. It's the 30 of us on this block need more time with our collective doctor at this hospital or at this clinic. And then on top of that, then it's really, you know, the hacks and the how-tos that I think, you know, and I guess it's, you know, sharing of social capital. When you say social capital, what do you mean? I mean, just, you know, tapping into people, right? Or, Or the, the friends and network that you might not have had access to prior. And so that very well could be, you know, I once went to a doctor who told me this, I learned to ask for the translator, or I learned to speak up and and ask that it be noted in my chart. And so because I've gained that, I can share that with you based on my experience. Or it's my cousin is, you know, a nurse here, or she went, she works at this hospital, come through and, and we can, you know, you'll, they treat, you, they'll treat you a little bit better here. You might get more, you know, more access here versus the other space. You developed an app for pregnant women of color, and I'm assuming that, that if Radical Health gets more funding and you grow, that you'll develop other apps. So how does the app work? So it is a chat bot. It's very much like texting your friend, the doctor, the lawyer. Uh, It's in English and Spanish, and we use artificial intelligence. Um, So you can type in your natural, you know, however you spell doctor, however, whatever you spell, it really learns the patterns. Um, and so, so even if you're not a good speller, it kind of picks it up. Yeah. <laughs> even if you're yeah. not a good speller yeah. or even the, the big pieces, you know, the cultural piece, some people call it doctor. Some people call it doc. They call it them. They, they want me to do, you know, to use this antibiotic. Um, and so what it does is it gets to pick up on that, like the nuance and the, and the way the syntax of how we speak. 
to then give you answers immediately um, or questions to ask. Could you give me a, a, an example? Yeah. So they sign on, they log in, say, how can we help you? And she'll say, I'm, I'm pregnant. I'm trying to get an appointment. The earliest appointment that I can get is three months away, which is very real. Um, it's a real example. And so then we'll chat back and say, oh, wow, you know, we're here to help you. What we would recommend is that you call your provider and ask if they have any cancellations or a cancellation list. You should call back every day and see if anyone canceled to try and get an appointment earlier. If that doesn't happen or that doesn't work for you, then we really recommend that you find another provider. And, you know, here's a link to where you can, you know, find another provider or, you know, ask some additional questions about who is your insurer and then send them, send the, the correct information that way. And, and what happens if there's like the, the woman who, who's getting this information has, has questions about that? Does it go back and forth? Yep. We immediately answer using AI. But if there's a question or an ongoing conversation that we can't answer using our yeah, uh, AI system or yeah. algorithm, yeah. then it connects you with a real person. We have a variety of folks. So it could just very well be a doula, a midwife. We have physicians. We have um, a partnership with a law legal team. Um, so if there are legal questions, we can connect them there. Um, but essentially, right, just uh, we call it like the the feisty aunt in your pocket that is, you know, helping you figure this out with a little bit of, you know, extra pizzazz to make sure you get what you need. It's How Do We Fix It? I'm Richard Davies. And I'm Jim Meggs. And we're speaking with Ivalice Andino, CEO of Radical Health. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Before we get back to the interview, Jim, our new feature right in the middle of the show, our recommendations of what to watch, listen to, and read. So I'll kick off with something called The Mechanism from Brazil. It's a series on Netflix, a cop show with a bad guy 
but also something much bigger, the disease of corruption and how it affects an entire society. The mechanism is largely based on true events in Brazil and the largest corruption scandal in the largest country in South America. This one is both thrilling but also disturbing. And now back to our interview with Ivalice Sandino. What evidence do you have so far that you're making a difference? So we currently have our workshops and we know the power of our workshops. I mean, the high hopes, and I, I know that we're getting there, is that we're going to see people asking more questions. Um, our goal is to keep, um, especially as it pertains to black women and brown women who are pregnant, um, is to keep people um, healthy during the pregnancy and postpartum. Um, fun fact is, you know, after you give birth, you have one appointment at about six weeks. And then after that, you're kind of on your own. Which which is kind of alarming. So does the feisty aunt in your pocket continue after uh, pregnancy is over? And- keeps going, yes. Keeps going. Yeah, so we fully support, you know, that postpartum period. I mean, you can keep asking as many questions as you need to. Um and then as our as we grow, we plan to build out a child, you know, pediatric support so you can do the same thing for your for your children. You are a techie. You've worked <laughs> in in technology. What are your hopes of how AI can make a human difference? Because so often we read articles about how artificial intelligence throwing people out of work. You know, our motto at Radical Health is People plus tech is what's going to equal change. What we're really building is a movement that incorporates people, that incorporates lived experience, that when we look at bias, really, you know, we're building this with the people who are the most directly impacted. We're creating additional, not just jobs, but avenues for equity and wealth. And and how does the advances in AI, how are they helping I mean, I think as this field is advancing, you know, one, it's becoming easier for everyone to access. I mean, if you have an Alexa in your home or you have, I mean, even if you have Siri on your phone, um, you know, that AI, we're using it often. My, the one thing that I'd love to see is, and what we're working towards is making sure that, that the folks that are using the AI and are creating the AI are diverse are represented by different people. Right now, that is a piece that I don't see much of. Um, and we have all these talks about bias in AI, but it's largely white men creating the algorithms for everyone else. Right. And and the lived experience of, say, a middle or upper middle class white guy who's gone to university, like me, mm-hmm. is very different from the lived experience of, say, a black or Latina woman in the South Bronx. Correct. The analogy I use often is, it's really is like the sidewalk ramps, right? That were created for folks with disabilities. Um, but if ever you've sprained your ankle, used a baby stroller, have been on rollerblades or a bicycle um, and needed to get up the sidewalk, that ramp, you've benefited from that ramp. And so what we're doing um, at Radical Health and what we're doing with the tech and the AI is we're creating these sidewalk ramps. And so we're super focused on a specific group of people that have been historically and systemically you know, underrepresented, but this is all tides rise through this. And it also sounds like you're helping people to help themselves by being better consumers. Exactly. I mean, put me out of business because what we're looking at is really having everyone, everyone have an equitable 
equal health experience um, wherever they are, wherever they're located. Are you hopeful you can make a difference? You know, as an entrepreneur, you kind of have to be either hopeful or insane. And I think I'm a little, I'm, I'm more on the hopeful side today. <laughs> <laughs> hope so. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's so great to be here. Such a pleasure to speak with Ivelisse. Our producer, Miranda Schaefer, went to the Bronx to speak with colleagues and participants who've taken part at Radical Health Workshops. Kania Sam is a community organizer, and she says the community sessions recenter the conversation about health care. Well, I think that whenever you can use your voice and your words and your experience, that within itself is an empowering and not someone speaking for you or telling the world what you've been through that's not true um, to you. So I think being able to use your own voice is super empowering. Alexis Del Trio of the group Bronx Mobile has been to three radical health workshops in the Bronx. I saw the community that I knew existed but I never met in a caring way, not a judgmental way. More loving, more accepting, less demonizing, right? Less, less accusatory. And for me, it was like, okay, I knew it existed. Now I saw it. Coming up, my conversation with Jim about what we learned from Radical Health. Richard, you handled that very well without my my helpful quibbles from <laughs> from the sidelines. I thought that interview was really fascinating. She's very winning. I also like the the idea that's very central to our show that not every solution has to come from the top. Whatever you think about, you know, Medicare for all or these different debates, there's an awful lot of healthcare that is really happens at the ground level. And what Ivelisse is doing is so critical to help people get better information, to be better informed, to stand up for their rights, and even to be more aware of listening to their own bodies and, and knowing that if something's happening, that might need to be communicated, that might be important information. And I think, especially in marginalized communities, people might be somewhat discouraged from doing that, or there might be bigger barriers to doing that. And Jim, one of the things we want to do with these uh, technology for the public good episodes is not just look at a national debate, but look at local efforts. And that just because you're doing things at the local level doesn't mean you might have big, broader policies you would advocate. But I think too often we start every debate at the federal level, as if the only thing we can do is get the federal government to take over a problem or to nationalize a problem, when in fact so often there's a lot that can be done. Sometimes the best approach is at a local level. It's How Do We Fix It? I'm Richard Davies. And I'm Jim Meggs. And our producer is Miranda Schaefer. And thanks, Miranda, for your efforts in putting together this podcast, especially the reporting in the Bronx that you did. We're a production of Davies Content. We make podcasts for companies and nonprofits. Check us out at DaviesContent.com. And also, if you like what you heard today, then sign up for our Patreon subscription, as little as a dollar a month, but hopefully a little bit more, to uh, boost our audience and uh, get this show heard by more people. 
And don't forget our newsletter. You can sign up on our website and we'll keep you posted on what's going on in the How Do We Fix It world, including links to interesting books, updates, other things that are happening with future shows and, and former shows. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the Democracy Group. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.